0: Hello, residents of MeepleTown, this is Dean.
1: Darianna Jones. And
0: today we're gonna to be talking about games as we normally do. We're gonna review raw, we're gonna be going through some of our MeepleTown mailbag questions and lots of other cool stuff. So thanks for joining us as we seek to create community through board gaming. This is episode 135.
1: Residents of Meeple Town, if you were here right now, you would see me in a fedora, cracking my whip, and putting an artifact in a museum, because, Dean, that is where they belong, right? (laughs) Woo-pow! Woo-pow! Are you a Friends fan? (laughs) Friends? No, I am not. I've never been a Friends fan. Okay.
0: There's a a joke in there from Chandler Bing, um, who... uh, Chandler Bing and, and Joey where Chandler is saying, woo pow, and Joey's telling him he's wrong. He's like, you can't do anything <laughs> right. That's what I always thinking
1: uh, of. Gotcha. That was not what I was thinking of. What I was thinking of was Indiana Jones and Dial of Destiny, which my family and I saw yesterday. Actually, I've, have you seen? I've not. I want you to spoil everything right now. <laughs> I will try to, to to just mention this briefly without any spoilers, but, but we enjoyed the film. If you don't know, Indiana Jones... Dial of Destiny came out a week or so ago, and is in the theaters. Not doing all that hot from, I guess, prior Nina Jones standards and people's expectations, but but we thought it was a we thought it was a fun film. You know, you've got Harrison Ford in his what eighties now, still running around the world, um, cracking yeah. his whip and swinging from stuff and blowing things up and car chases. But it is a uh, no spoilers here. At least I don't think so. But, uh, but it, it was really nice. It was good.
0: I'm hearing really good things, which excites me because I really love Indiana Jones movies. Um, 80 years old. That's how old he is.
1: <laughs> is, is it 80? Okay. That's I knew it, it was close to there. Yeah. yeah. And you know, obviously in some, in some places, again, brief minor spoiler. So fast forward 10 seconds if you want. There are a few scenes where they do some of the uh, de-aging, you know, CG kind of stuff to make him look like his younger self again. And, uh, yeah. you know, some of the CG stuff and the de-aging, it's not the best. And you do get a little bit of a different look at Indiana Jones. Again, he he's an older Indiana Jones. And so there are some stuff that's gone on in his life and things that are going on in the time period that are affecting him in a certain way where he it's just a different kind of Indiana Jones. It's it still follows the same rhythm and patterns of, of typical uh, Indiana Jones films. But and it's still fun. Wasn't my favorite of all of them, but I still enjoyed it. It was good. Which, I think what, that'd
0: be really hard to get as your as your favorite at this point,
1: right? Absolutely. Uh, I've I've got I've got my favorites. I've got my ranking of the movies already in my head. It Was the first question I asked the kids when we walked out of the theater. But I'm curious, Dean. What is your favorite Indiana Jones? Dial of Destiny, withstanding. The Last Crusade for me. Mm. Um, so it goes:
0: Last Last Crusade, then the uh, Temple of Doom, and then Raiders of the Lost Ark.
1: Interesting. Okay, you didn't even mention Crystal Skull. Nope. Just
0: I did see that, but I, honestly, I don't remember a whole lot about it. I saw it one time in theaters,
1: uh, and gotcha.
0: that was it. I just kind of forgot about it.
1: Go back to it and watch it. The more I watch that one, the more it sort of grows on me. I would be, I would be Last Crusade, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And then Crystal Skull and Temple of Doom are both kind of toss-ups for me. I'm not quite sure where I fall on, on both of those. Um, really? Yeah, as a child, I really love Temple of Doom. With the older I get, the more the more problems I have, the more I have with that movie. But mm. uh, but definitely Doll of Destiny would be at the at the bottom of that, at least as of as of right now. But Meeple Town, what about you? What are your favorite Indiana Jones movies and why? If you'd like to chime in on this, why don't you shoot us an email, find us on Discord, uh, throw something in the guild? Let's talk about our Indiana Jones movies. Especially on that Discord, a lot, a lot of good conversation going on in the Meebletown Discord, Dean.
0: Yeah, there's also a lot of nonsense going on in the Discord, so if you like of any of those, and you can pick and choose what you want to look at on there. So one of the uh, the elements of nonsense that's been going on is these uh, different ideas for for different segments. You know, we, we've we've been introducing some new segments to the show lately, the Meeple Town Hall, uh, Meeple Town Mailbag, which is not a, a new segment, but we're kind of reintroducing that. we got Meeple Town News Station. I don't really know. I don't think we named that one. Which we will. Meeple, Meeple Town News, I guess. But um, So anyway, somebody took it upon themselves. I'm going to guess Steve O'Rourke because that seems like something he would do. And I'm looking at here now. And... Uh, nope. It looks like it's BJ, actually, from Board Game Gumbo who started this. Unless I'm I'm missing one in there. Um, I'm looking forward, this is BJ, I'm looking forward to the new segment, the Meepletown Firehouse, where D&D give, uh, D&D, hey, D&D, I I did not, that didn't click with me before. Wow, you're a little slow. I bet if we named the show (laughs) D&D in the morning, we would get a ton of (laughs) listeners that would be so disappointed (laughs) because we're not talking about D&D.
1: But that first week or two would be amazing.
0: Uh, Our download numbers would be Uh through the roof for sure. Phenomenal. Where D and D give their opinions on the hottest games on BGG. That's good. Firehouse, Meeple Town Firehouse, Steve O'Rourke, Meepletown Optometry, where we debate what other people see in that game they love. I like that. That's good. Um, and then uh, let's see. Nick Hayes, I think might be the last one that put something on here. How about Meeple Town University, where Dean and Darren teach a game. Not a bad idea. Although we might run into some legal issues with Maple University.
1: That. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound familiar. Yes.
0: Um, and honestly, they do a much better job than, than I would ever do for sure. Not, not Darren. Darren would do it well.
1: We would do sufficiently, but I, I do love Meeple University. If y'all have not checked them out on, on YouTube before, they do do a great job of teaching some games. Some of my favorite uh, go-to teach videos are, are of them. But, you know, one idea I had for this segment was maybe something about um, Meeple Town sewage treatment. And we just talk about trash games, crappy games, oh, you know, maybe okay no, okay on you know. that one
0: well, I mean it's just we'll need to work on the name, I guess maybe Meeple Town sanitation
1: might be better. that's if yeah. we're talking positively about what other people think are crappy games,
0: <laughs> I guess so you know yeah there's 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 options in here we'll uh we'll put that in the maybe list, and then we'll we'll get to some some better options there. so if anyone has any options, we're not going to use any of these because we're already. <laughs> <laughs> we already have way too many, and it's I can't even keep up with what we have right now.
1: But the conversation um, is great. Discord, go at it, go nuts.
0: Yeah, there's there's other stuff where we actually do talk about games. We take pictures of games in there, and um, yeah, lots of other cool stuff. I'm, I'm with there. Discord is is kind of my go to these days with with communicating with the Meepletown folk. It's it just works a little bit better than, in my opinion, BGG. Although. I still really enjoy the Meepletown Guild on BoardGameGeek Guild number thirty four oh seven. If you want to be a part of that, and in fact, the best way to get you the invite to Discord is through the guild <laughs> that I can tell. Unless you email us and I can send you a link, but I don't really know how to find it other than following the link that expires after a month. So every month I need to renew this uh, uh, the post that I put in the
1: in the guild. Yeah, and what is that email address, Dean, in case our residents do not know that off the top of their head? So you can send emails to meepletowngames at
0: gmail.com. Now we're going to be talking about Meepletown Mail later. You can do however whatever you want. It just makes it a little bit easier for us. If you want to send a message to the mailbag, and I'll remind us later, it's meepletownmail at gmail.com. So our regular email address is meepletowngames at gmail.com. If you want a link to the Discord, or really anything else um, on there, you know, that, that you have questions about. Uh, somebody mentioned they want to send me their uh, board games in the Discord so that I can dispose of them. I'm happy to do that for you as well. Just email us in that way, and I can get you my my address.
1: There you go. You can also find us on Twitter or on Instagram. Coming soon, more of a presence on Instagram um, at Meeple Town. and we're going to be talking about all kinds of games, showing you pictures of games. Talking about gaming industry stuff, but speaking of games, Dean, what have you been playing lately?
0: The game I've been playing lately is okay. Well, let me let me give a little uh, little more banter leading oh, up okay. to this. All right, you don't want this. Uh, my wife has salmonella. Had has oh. had. I think she's on the. I think on she's the on the mend. Um, but it's been it's been rough for her, and so you know, I'm like, hey, you need to. Just just suck it up and, and play some board games with me. I have not said that at all. Uh, in fact, I am, I you know, ooh, I would not want to be in her shoes for sure. But so she's been dealing with that, and um, actually just found out the other day that she was at a training. Once she got better, she went to this training, and the person she was at the training with found out they had COVID. So I am hopeful wow. that that she's not uh, going down that route next. Let's let's. Wow. um Uh, Yeah, anyway, so I've been playing a lot of solo games lately, and as you can imagine, and games with my kids. I've been playing lots Mm. of games with my kids, too. But the solo game I want to talk about today is a newer hotness game this year because it is in the Ancient Anthology, and that is Legacy of You. Now, if you don't know what the Ancient Anthology is, it is uh, a series of games put out by Garfield Games, and it's also uh, published by Renegade Games here in the States, but the first one that came out is Raiders of Scythia, which was a redoing of Raiders of the North Sea. Then they did Hadrian's Wall, which is a flip and right game that's a heavy flip and right game. And this one that just came out is Legacy of You, and then it's a solo-only option. And then next year, actually later this year, they're going to do a Kickstarter campaign for the... Uh, Ezra and Nia and Maya. I don't know much about that one yet, but I'm talking about Legacy of You, which is the solo-only option. Have you played any of those games before I move forward?
1: I've not played any of the um, Raiders of Scythia or, or Legacy of You. Any of the games that have been, um, the way I separate them is by artist. <laughs> the, the ones that where Sam Phillips um, has yeah. drawn, illustrated, those are the games I have not had a chance to play yet.
0: I got to say... I've not played all of the other series that Garfield Games has done, but I think this is my favorite series. It it definitely is my favorite that I've played. Um, So anyway, let me talk about Legacy of You, and then I'll kind of talk through all those other ones that I've played. Legacy of You, again, it is a solo-only game where you are building a canal. You are taking on the role of you, and your father has been trying to uh, divert the waters of the Yellow River because they're destroying everything and so uh, with flooding flooding destroys everything and so they've been trying to figure out a way how do we divert the waters so you comes in to follow up on the uh, on his father's work and decides to start building canals and so this is a campaign game where you are going to be building canals every game now the object of the game throughout the whole series is to either well not either you want to win seven games okay so you have A stack of cards, two stacks of cards, one that has seven victory conditions and then one that has seven uh, defeat cards, not conditions. Seven victory cards, seven defeat cards. So if you go through all those victory cards, you win the game. If you go through all the defeat cards, you lose the game. So you can play, you know, a total of up up to 13 games, I guess, in that case, if, uh, if you end up winning and losing that much. So far, I'm two and two, so I've won two and I've lost two. But the neat thing about this, the gameplay itself is, is, is pretty, uh, it's not straightforward, but it's, it's, a, uh, it, it's a, I don't know, it's fairly, uh, hmm, let me, I shouldn't go down this path. It's a fairly weighty game, I'll say that. It's more in the, in the vein of Hadrian's Wall, although I don't think it's quite as heavy as that. But you have these handful of cards and these resources that you're going to get every round. As you build your engine up and as you unlock things on the board, you're going to get more and more resources every round. And you have those resources to use to spend to get rid of Barbarians, which is a lose condition. If your whole top row of cards fills up with Barbarians, that's you're going to lose. You're going to use those to get new cards into your deck because if you ever go to draw cards and you don't have any enough cards to draw, you will lose the game. And you're also trying to use them to build the canal because if the floodwaters catch up to you before you build the next canal section guess what, you're gonna lose the game. And so you're using these resources the most efficiently way as you possibly can, similar to Hadrian's Wall, except the way that you get them is gonna be a little bit different. And uh, that's it. But the cool thing is, it is a campaign game, and so there's also these story elements that happen along the way. So um, let's say I complete something that has a number on there, uh, a story element number. Well, I go to that page in the book, I'm going to read that part of the story, and then it's going to unlock something else, either something bad that I have to do or it's going to give me a benefit. Uh, lots of cool things that happen with that story. And it's not a legacy game, even though it's called Legacy of You. It is fully resettable in that campaign element. So I'm I'm pumped so far. I've played, again, four games. I think that's right. I think it's four games that I've played. I'm two and two, but I lost the first two, and I've won the second two. But I'm telling you, it is not a breeze. This game will will punch you in the face. and let <laughs> me say one more thing about the gameplay, and I'm gonna ask your your thoughts on this, but okay. the cool thing is is if you lose a game, you take a card from the defeat pile and that's gonna help you for future games. okay. So it's a balancing element of these these victory and defeat cards. If you win a game, well, it's gonna hurt you. It might add difficult things for your future games. I'm not gonna say what because there's again some spoilers in there. Um, but I love, I love that part of it. I think it's cool that it balances it out, that if you're just losing, 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 well, it's going to start giving you some positive things to be able to work with. This one is really, really cool. Do you have any desire? You're not a big solo gamer, but is this, any of these games excite you?
1: Actually, you would be wrong there, sir. I, I do enjoy solo games. I do play quite a bit. Actually, hopefully here soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully here soon, there'll be a few, uh, uh, Meeple Town mini reviews on the YouTube channel of some of the recent solo games uh, that I've gotten in and played. Oh so, yeah! Uh, I, again, I'm I'm one of those who, uh, like like we mentioned in the previous episode with the Meeple Town Hall, the the art and and those kinds of things are some of the first aspects of a game that grab me and pull me in. And the first time I saw this, the 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 cover art was not my favorite. The 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 story itself, the setting of this did not necessarily grab me, although the the fact that it is historically set in a period in time uh with actual people, I do I do find that intriguing. And I love I love Shem Phillip games. I love Garfield games for the most part. I've played lots of uh, paladins and uh, part of that series and looking forward to the South Tigris series as well. Yeah. The, the fact that this is a bigger solo game, I like my solo games where I can kind of sit down and just not have to think about them. I can just put them out and and play through something simply in about 20, 30, 40 minutes tops sort of deal. Um, mm, okay. This The fact that it was a campaign, I know that sounds intriguing, but that felt like a little more than I'm willing to, to go into. But you really enjoyed the campaign part of this.
0: I'm loving the campaign part of this. Yeah, I, I it's interesting because i was really nervous not nervous i was i was hesitant i was reluctant to get hadrian's wall because i thought do i want a heavier game now hadrian's wall plays up to six it's not a solo only but i have played more solo than i've played with other people um it plays pretty much the same way and there's the slight changes but it really it doesn't change it that much at all um it plays in an hour that Hadrian's Wall does, and but once I played that, I was like, "Wow, this game is super fun." And well, okay, you can play a solo game in less than an hour. I just played one the other night that took me, I don't know, probably forty-five minutes or something like that. Because I've played it a decent amount. Legacy of You is an hour, and I would say it is. I, that's pretty accurate. It is a longer one. It's a little bit, it's a little bit heavier too. It's it's kind of in that same weight again as Hadrian's Wall, but the gameplay mechanisms they're smooth like you don't really you don't have to reteach yourself anything in this game if you if you play it and then don't pick it up again for another week or something like that you're not really going to need to do much more thinking because everything's just laid out so well the 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 art direction the graphic design all that really lends itself to to making it a really smooth experience so for me i i i used to feel the same way but these games are changing my mind about how i feel about heavier solo games
1: well, that's cool. Yeah, look at some of the pictures here on on BGG. I mean, I, I am intrigued. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind playing your copy or somebody's copy, giving it a shot. Normally, if I'm going to play something solo, it's going to have. Um, well, actually, as I think about it, they're almost all like the big solo games I get into are like solo modes, like a Gloomhaven or a Mansions of Madness. They're dungeon crawlers and narrative driven in some way. Um, I don't know. This looks cool though. I'd give it a shot.
0: Yeah, me too, Darren. I'm I'm the same way. Normally, th- yeah. that's what I like in solo games, or at least that's where I started. Within the past year, year and a half, when I've been playing more solo games, uh, not out of necessity, but because I want to, then I started expanding a little bit more and thinking, now what I don't like are games that add a lot of rules that are different than the main game, that make it a lot more right. difficult. Right. Um, Talatum is a good example of that. I really, mm-hmm. really enjoy Talatum, the game. I have zero desire to play it solo again because it, there's so much different stuff going on. It has a whole separate big rule book that I'm just not that interested in. These games don't do that, which is pretty fantastic. I like it. So this is a spoiler. I'm going to have a video out of this. I already mm. recorded it. I've already been editing it, but it's a it's a lot of editing where I talk about all three of these games in the series so far. Raiders of Scythia, this is a spoiler, but I still think you should watch the video because it boosts our views. But... <laughs> what I say is Raiders of Scythia made my top 50 at some point, probably this last year, even it might be my least favorite in the series now.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: And it's not even that it's bad. It's so good. It's so good. But these other ones are, are I think even better. And I think legacy of you might even be my favorite of these, although it might just be because I'm super excited about it right now, but it is, it's a wonderful experience so far. So no. anyway, that's Legacy U. Cool. You. I don't want to dra- draw it out anymore. I want to hear what you've been playing, but uh, if you are interested, I think if you like Hadrian's Wall and you like solo games, this is going to be right up your alley. That's what mm. I think.
1: Interesting. I also think you might need a hazmat suit and a tent over your house uh, to keep you and the wife safe and, and healthy. <laughs> I mean, come on, what's going on over there? Um, <laughs> prayers for her. Hope she's getting the feeling better and hope yes. the rest of you can avoid any other plagues. Thank you that for are, that. That are coming your way. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, you're definitely the more uh, mature gamer than me as your tastes have grown and you can play games like Legacy of You. My attempt to be the mature gamer as well comes in the game that I've been playing recently, and that is Classic Art by the good Dr. Reiner Knizia. Ooh, you're fancy. Ooh, yeah. Fancy in your time. classic art. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, to improve myself, and games like this are putting me on my way. This is a reiteration of an older design, one from 1996, Glenn's Gallery, and then later on, Members Only. But this version of classic art uh, was put out this year by Simon Games and is beautifully illustrated by Chris McLaughlin. It's, it's a two to five player game, uh, plays in about 30 minutes, which is an outright lie from, <laughs> from my experience. Oh my, okay. Right. Yeah, 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 man, you people that are writing this stuff on the box, be honest now. This, in this game, you are an art museum curator trying to predict the demand of various collections of artwork. And so it's a betting and bluffing hand management card game where on your turn, you play two cards from your hand into their corresponding exhibition spots that are on the board. Um, the exhibitions are things like etching and engraving and still life and sculptures and portraits and landscapes and, and all the cards that you have in the game that you hold your hand and that you're playing. They all reflect actual works of art that you can see in various museums and around the world. And the rule book itself, I forget, it's only maybe like a 12 page rule book, but half of that is just talking about the actual art that the cards are reflecting. And so it's only like two or three pages of rules. So again, classic uh, Kinesia, very simple rule set, lots of depth. Um, but either way, so you're playing these cards, and once you've played two cards on your turn, To their corresponding exhibitions, then you may, if you choose, place one or two of your prediction tokens uh, that you have into an empty exhibition space. Because on the board, each expedition space has places where you can make predictions of how much of that type of art you think will come out this season. And so the more accurate your prediction, the more points you can score. So there's a spot on the board where it says, okay, you're saying that five or more of these types of of art will come out throughout the season. And if so, you get one point. If uh, there's a spot there that says, okay, uh, three, if you think three or more of this type of art will come out, then you'll get three points. And so the more specific, all the way up to like one, if you think just one will come out um, during the season, you'll get five points. And so the, the, the greater, the more specific your prediction, either, you think more of this type of art will come out or less because there's also some negative. You think less than three will come out, then you'll get this many points. Um, I know it's kind of hard to, to explain unless you're looking at the board, but uh, the more specific your prediction, the more points you can score. And if you put two tokens down, you can actually multiply those points by, by two. So you're just trying to be, be accurate and have the most prestige there at the end of the season. And a season ends when you have, uh, when everyone is down to three cards in their hand, And then they will simultaneously uh, discard one of those cards and reveal their next two. So there's no predictions on that final turn of the season. And then once all the cards are placed, you do your scoring. And then you just keep playing season after season until uh, on the board, there are these separate prestige tracks, one for each type of art. And as soon as someone's, doesn't matter who, someone's scoring marker is above the five prestige marker in each of these types of exhibitions, then the game ends. And then you're only going to score whatever prestige you have earned in these different types of art that's over that five limit. Um, Doesn't make a whole lot of sense now as I'm describing it, but trust me, it is a simple game with simple rules and you are betting and bluffing and trying to predict what prestige, what art is going to come out. The, the arts are, the, the art is beautiful. The, the thinkiness, the game above the table that's happening between the, the players is, is exciting and thinky. I probably, um, games like this, you'll see this later in our review, games like this, i probably call people more names in these type of games than any other type of game. Like, oh, I wanted that spot. How, how could you? I, I, I've yet to win this game but I love playing it. This was, mm. this was a game that, 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 that I wasn't even sure I even wanted or that I would play. Does, does this game at all sound interesting to you, to you, Dean? You like these kind of games? Um, well, we'll find out later,
0: uh, I guess. <laughs> mm, that's <laughs> if, right. If we're putting in that same category as Raw that we talked about later yep. in our review. Um, it does, but you know, it also doesn't. Hmm. And, I, and I guess I'm saying that because when we got together to play games that day, this was an option to play, and I turned it down. and part of that is because I think these games tend to shine a little bit more at higher player counts than they do at two. But I'm intrigued by it. Um, now you've played, you've played classic art, you have played raw, you've played uh, high society. Uh, what's the other one? The um, modern art.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I'm intrigued. Maybe this is a conversation to have when we do <laughs> raw. To see, okay, I have modern art on the way. Let me go ahead and say that. The, the okay. fancy Korean edition, somebody posted that it was available on Amazon at the normal price. I snagged it up and I'm super pumped about that. What do you like better, classic art and modern art and do I need both?
1: So I will say this, and this definitely probably will come up later on in the raw conversation. Uh, originally, when I first heard of classic art, I thought, oh, this is like a sequel to, to modern art and it's going to play somewhat similarly. They do not play similarly. They're not in the same world at all. They have very different feels, although they still feel like a Kenizia betting, bluffing auction kind of game. They still have that vibe. Um, There's definitely room for both of these in a collection Uh, because I'm giving this on our uh, pass, play, or purchase scale. I'm giving this one a purchase because it was not one that I thought I wanted. It was on my Amazon list. Uh, I got it as a Father's Day gift. And I'm glad I did. I really enjoy playing this. And you're right. These normally play better at two. And the first time, I mean, normally play better at higher player counts, not so much at two. Uh, my wife and I played this at two. And the um, there is a dummy deck. And again, okay, publishers, on your boxes, not only do you need to be accurate about your play count, because this at two took us an hour, you also need your playing time. You mean. Our playing time, yes. Yeah. You also need to specify on those boxes whether or not the rules are different at various player counts. You can't say two to five and then have a different set of rules for your two player. Come on now, just just put a little note on there or something for us.
0: And some uh, do. I, I have seen this in some places. Um, or, or well, I don't know if I've seen it on the box, but I've seen it on like BGG and stuff like that. That it's. Uh,
1: yeah. I, I rarely see it, right now it escapes me. I did see it in a game that I just recently acquired. Uh, It was on there. I was so very grateful, but, but see the way. So there's, there is a dummy deck that flips out cards. And the first time we played that at two, I didn't think I really liked that because there's just that unknown because you're going to put your cards down and then you're going to see what the dummy deck puts down, you know, and that's going to affect your, your, your bidding of what you think will come out. But then in a higher player count, you don't have that. And so it's solely based on what you think other people are going to do. And I enjoyed that more because there's more of that human element. However, I did find myself missing a little bit of that total randomness of what might that card bring out. So I don't know. I don't know if it's best at two, but I did enjoy it at too. And mm. uh, it is it, it is a lot of fun. There's, there's there's lots of good good strategy there, lots of good interaction. Um, I'm a big fan of, of classic art.
0: Okay, I'm I'm intrigued by this one, and the, it looks like the the command version of this is a much-needed, updated graphic design. The board is hideous in the old version. I mean, awful, (laughs) awful, awful stuff. Uh, But it was also made in a different time. Right, Uh, right. By a different time, I mean when I was in high school. (laughs) Uh, Which is a long time ago at this point. But anyway, yeah, I'm intrigued by by classic art. I'll, I'll have to check that one out. Yep. All right, yep. now what we want to do is we want to look at some. Uh, normally, we'd be doing the poll question in here at some place, but we're going to be looking at our Meepletown mail bag.
1: All right, residents of Meepletown, welcome to the Meepletown Post Office, where we read the letters that you send us to MeepleTownMail at gmail.com. Some of these questions that we'll be looking at today uh, will be uh, recent. Some of them may date back a little while. Uh, So we will try to to read as many as we can, but just know that sometimes we'll save some of these for perhaps a future episode. We are hoping to, to reach into the mailbag at least once a month. But as of right now, we've got a few great questions for some of our residents. First off, from BJ. BJ asked, what con do you really, 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 he said all three reallys, what con yeah. do you really, really, really have the envy to attend someday? Mm-hmm. Dean, what con do you really, really want to go to someday?
0: I'm going to give two. How about that? Ooh, I don't okay. care what BJ says. I'm answering <laughs> two. Um, so when I think about cons that I really, really, really want to go to, I'm not just thinking about the convention itself. Now, Darren and I talked about this when we were at at the uh, PAX Unplugged. I like to see what's in the area, and, you know, I do a board game podcast, but board games are not all the things that I enjoy. One of the things that I enjoy doing is traveling. In fact, I would say I enjoy traveling more than I like board games. So there's that. So when I'm thinking about the game conventions that I want to go to and bring my family to probably, even though they're not going to sit around at a board game convention all day. Um, the first one is Essen, Spiel. Um, the Spiel convention in Essen, I guess, is, is what it is. That's is, that's my top of my list, I guess, even more than, than Gen Con. I've never been to Gen Con, but I want to go to Germany. And so that's <laughs> a little bit of the, the selfishness there. And so my wife and I actually, we've talked through, and I've even reached out to some people um, to see how I can make this work. I, I wouldn't, I would love to work at a, at a convention if it meant that I can go, um, even if I'm not playing games the whole time, if I'm, you know, just there and, and meeting people that I really love that sort of thing. I love meeting people. I love talking. And so my first up would be Essen, the this, this Spiel convention in Essen. And then the UK Game Expo, which is probably one that you might not thought as being on the, you know, anybody's list, maybe, I don't know. There's probably a lot of people that want to do that, but, but it's not like one of the bigger ones that you hear about, talked about, at least here in the States. We always hear about Gen Con, we hear about Origins, we hear about PAX and, um, but anyway, UK Game Expo is one again, because I, I would like to go back to UK and, and, uh, check things out and. Bring my family and do some do some sightseeing, that sort of thing, while also uh, potentially even working at the convention, even if I don't get to play games the whole time. So that's kind of where I'm approaching it from.
1: Yeah, no, no, I'm I'm with you. Although you know, to say. You'd rather travel than play board games. I think that's borderline sacrilege, but I I, can, I, I bet you're
0: in the same <laughs> boat is my guess.
1: I really do love travel. And, and you're <laughs> right. I think the area around the convention is, is part of the joy. I have been to Gen Con once. I am going back this year. We'll talk more about that in some upcoming episodes. Um, I do enjoy, enjoy Gen Con. I, I would love to go back to Pax. Shoe. But if there was one, uh, BJ, that I really, really, really wanted to go to, that would be Essen. Uh, I I love going to Germany. I've been blessed to be able to go there a few times already in my life. I love the area, the culture, the food, uh, the people. And it's beautiful, and so to go there to what could be the largest board gaming convention in the world would be exciting. To hear people go and talk about just the uh, the the massiveness of it. Gen Con is massive, but just the facility and and the space that they have at Essen, I think, would be interesting to go to at least once. And you're going to Germany. And there's lots to do, lots to see, lots to eat. And, uh, and that would be a blast. I would love it. Yeah, I'm with you. Unless you might be one. able to meet some Freudentals. <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe so. That's right. Our family does have, there are some bits of our family there that uh, there's even like a castle in the family, a Schloss Bodenstein um, there in Germany that's, I think, now more of like a bed and breakfast. So it'd be nice to, just to go back and visit and kind of kick it around the country for a little bit. But, of course, going to the convention for at least a day or two.
0: All right. So you answered one, I answered two, I cheated. Sorry about that. That's that's usually how the show works, though. That's <laughs> why John do. left, I'm convinced. <laughs> because I wouldn't follow the rules. All hell
1: John People Talent co-founder. <laughs> May his memory be a blessing.
0: <laughs> All right. So speaking of UK Game Expo, part of the reason why we want to go there too is to meet friend of the show, Matt Walker, mm. who has a few questions for us. And I'm gonna I'm gonna rapid fire this. So Matt says, I think I'd like to know more about our new co-host taste. And so I don't want you to look at these questions. I'm just going to rapid fire these at you. First thing that comes to your mind, and you're just going to answer these.
1: All All right. right?
0: So first up, which is is your preferred flavor of ice cream? Spelled F-L-A-V-O-U-R, so you know where Matt is from.
1: And not from around here. Not these uh, parts. So favorite flavor. I love ice cream. There's all kinds of flavors I really enjoy. But if I had like a number one go-to, what's my baseline that I'm going to try at a place just to kind of get a feel for them? It's going to be mint chocolate chip.
0: Mint chocolate chip.
1: All mint right. chocolate chip.
0: All right. Good call. I'm not going to answer these because I am not being asked these questions, although that's a good choice. Of <laughs> all the games you own, which are you wanting to play right now and why? Which, which one do you want to leave the podcast recording and go play?
1: Right now, um, I would say there's two. One is Beast. It's a new uh, one-verse-mini game that uh, delivered a few, a few weeks ago or a month ago or so. Um, looking forward to play Beast. Of course, it's going to be kind of group-dependent. Yeah, you can yeah. play it too, two, but it's one of those, if like it's really going to be a better experience at at least three or four. So that would be probably the, the first one right now on my mind I want to go play. And uh, also got a new uh, solo game in, Hunted. Wode Ridge, which is, um, again, by, a game by Gabe Barrett, who's in a lot of uh, hunted solo games. And they're really good. I hope to be talking about some of those and the Meeple Town minis on YouTube here soon. But Wode Ridge is kind of his take on the Stranger Things IP in a solo game. So looking forward to, to getting that to the table as well. Excellent. All right. And your preferred game mechanic? Man, game... <sighs> Game mechanisms, what would that be? My preferred. There's so many that I love. Right now, the one that's catching my attention probably more than any other is the um, auction bidding, bluffing, which is weird mm. because when I first got in the hobby, that was one of the furthest things from my mind that I wanted. But right now, I just want to play all of them. Mm.
0: So, a Good choice. I think what he meant by that, game your favorite game mechanic, somebody who fixes your game, I think was, so you have somebody who well, you enjoy.
1: <laughs> I was trying to think of the guy's name in Seinfeld, the um, the, the car mechanic that Jerry takes his car to, oh. but his name escaped me, but that's where right. I was, that's what I was trying to pull from and I couldn't find it. So I just went to, to Mechanism.
0: I guarantee Steve O'Rourke knows it. He's <laughs> saying it right now.
1: Is all it right. Pulley? No, it's not Pulley. I'd, I can't
0: it, remember. It's It escapes me too, but it's been a couple years since I've watched that yeah. all the way through. All right. And the last one is, are you a collector? This is a good question. All the other ones are garbage. This one is good. <laughs> are you a collector of games or are you a streamlining kind of gamer? Interesting. You know, John, John was more of a streamline. He keeps keeps his collection at, I think, 150 and me is a little larger.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, you are a little larger. I, if I had to say, uh, um, Matt, <laughs> <laughs> just, just caught that. No, you look great, Dean. You've lost lots of weight. (laughs) The, if I had to say, Matt, again, all these are great questions. I would say I'm somewhere there in the middle. I I do love collecting games and right now I'm probably buying more expansions than new games right now because I like collecting and adding to the things that I have from a streamlining standpoint. uh, I fall in that category where I feel like if I already have a game like this, that fits this niche, of my collection or scratches a particular itch for me, I will try not to even consider the others because why have more if I've already got one or two in this area that I'm not even playing to their fullest. So, um, I guess I'm somewhere right there in, in the middle. Okay. An aspiring streamlined collector.
0: Excellent. Okay. Well, I think we all are actually, (laughs) that's my guess. Um, at least later, if you've been in the hobby for a while. And the last question is for me, and that is, how dare you? (laughs) That is his question. What gives you the right? Who do you think you are? Um, Anyway, uh, and that is Matt's last question. Let's throw one back over to you. What you got?
1: Uh, Let's see what we have here.
0: There's some good ones and then some awful ones. So, you know, choose wisely.
1: (laughs) Um, Okay, here you go. Uh, This is from Eric. Is that Wyborg? Am I Mm -hmm. pronouncing that correctly? Uh, Eric says, is there a theme you would love to see in a board game? Presumably something that is either underrepresented or something you can relate to in a special way. Like as an engineer working with power production, Hydro, he has barrage and power grid, but he's not a huge fan of either. So what do you think about that, Dean? Is there a board game theme that you would love to see that maybe you have a um, special connection with? Well,
0: I think Eric's... Evaluation of Power Grid is misinformed,
1: that's what I think. Eric, if it's any consolation, uh, just Barrage and Power Grid do not sound appealing to me. However, if I played them with you, someone who has a relationship with that, I think I'd probably find that more enjoyable.
0: Yeah, Barrage, I hear good things about it, though. Uh, I've not played it. Probably too, maybe too heavy for me. I don't know. Um, You know, one that comes to mind, I'm sure there's a lot that are uh, underutilized. You know, like zombies. I think we need more zombie games.
1: <laughs> of course.
0: Um, no, but I think the one that comes to mind is sports games. There there are mm-hmm. some sports games out there, some that I really enjoy too. I really enjoy baseball highlights. I like football highlights. Um, I like the, uh, ooh, what's the hockey one? It's Trick shot. Trick shot. Yep. Trick mm-hmm. shot is one that I enjoy as well. And then that might be it. I'm, I'm sure there's others. Uh, Eleven is a cool idea where you're managing. I've not played it, but I like I love the idea anyway, where you're managing a, a soccer club or a football club. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like that idea. I want to see more of that. Although I also think it's probably difficult. Hoop Gods is another one that's coming out that I've heard amazing things about. I want to try that out, uh, or is out? I don't know. I'm not sure. It was kickstarted. I don't know where the process is there, but that's one I'm, mm-hmm. I'm interested in as well. But I would I just I would like to see more.
1: Of that. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tricky one. Um, There's oftentimes we don't know what we don't know. And so I'm sure there are some underrepresented themes out there that we need to hear from that I'm just not aware of or thinking about because I just don't know. But from a sports standpoint, as what is something that you just mentioned, uh, like the basketball, those types of games, I think have got to be really hard to do. Uh, I know there's at least one or two disc golf type games that that, that are out there that exist. I'm not sure if any of them are, are any any good. I don't know much about them, but I feel like a a, a disc golf type of game that sort of um, is a riff off Crokinole, I think would be would be exciting. I play disc golf from time to time. I love it, but to to see something more um, dexterity on a grander scale, I think would be mm. would be exciting.
0: Oh yeah, that's cool. I like that. So, all right, way. I'm gonna I'm gonna rip through two questions real fast. All right, that's okay. Sure, it is. It is. All right, uh, Jamie, friend of the show and friend of mine, says uh, here's one: What was the bougiest game session you've ever had? So, an example he had is he saw some folks at Tennessee game days setting up to play Battlestar Galactica, which is uh, I believe that's Michael's copy of the game. I've, I've played. When I talked about Battlestar Galactica last time, his his version is pretty tricked out. And I know somebody's got like some really giant 3D printed ships and all that. It's really cool. It's a five foot long um, copy of the game. This is what he's saying. And and I've seen it. It it is something to behold. Uh, You've got the 3D Galactica model. Um, They actually have integrated lighting in it, um, which functions as as the board. Um, I think for the different areas that are being... uh, uh, destroyed and all that it's it's really it's pretty fantastic um there's a the colonial one model figurines for the game player mat i mean it is it is the works and then when you play the game they encourage you to uh, to role play while you're playing too so it's that's what he means by bougie what is the like basically the most tricked out experience that you've ever played in a game now i, I don't know if i have a ton of these I, I try to trick out games as much as i can in general Um, like painting miniatures and things like that. I enjoy having uh, mood music. So, so part of me thinks maybe it's, it's one of those uh, project. uh, I'm sorry, not project elite. Come on game games like Zombicide, or I guess maybe project elite. Um, What is the uh, mansions of madness is another one. Mansions of madness. I always play with the theme music and Mm -hmm. painted miniatures, high quality components, that sort of thing. Uh, But that's, that's the norm in my house, right? Like that's, that's what we do. We're bougie.
1: <laughs> definitely. You're definitely bougie. Yeah. I'm kind of similar. I don't have a lot of these type of experiences, unfortunately. Now probably the, the, the bougiest thing that I have or that have been a part of has been like playing merchants of the dark road. Because when I was in, uh, when we were at PAX U a few years ago, uh, Dean, you talked me into picking up the the deluxe all-in, whatever copy they had with all the bits and bobs and pieces. And man, it, I don't know if I've ever seen components as nice as what the deluxe components were in Merchants of the Dark Road. The, mm. Just the basic retail components are nice or better than most games, but the deluxe yeah. stuff is way over the top. So that's super cool. It really adds um, a lot to the experience. And of course, I'm, I'm with you. I'm always playing the the music or something. To, to just whatever I can do to sort of immerse myself in a game or help bring that experience out for others. But as far as the best experience I've seen when I was at Gen Con last year, they were demoing and showing off some of the Frosthaven stuff. And when they were doing that, they had whole terrain and 3d models and it looked mm. like a village. I mean, it was totally blinged out the, the boards they had set up to sort of preview some of the scenarios. And that was, mightily impressive. I was a little envious. I don't know where you put all that stuff. I ain't got room for it, but, um, but it was quite cool to, to watch others play and experience.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm always intrigued by, by seeing really tricked out games. And the second follow-up question that he had with that is, um, discussing your favorite geek up bits, uh, the geek up bit upgrade sets, which are, it can be found in the board game geek And, um,
1: have you played with any of those GeekUp bits? I have not a whole lot of uh, the only few that, that I've played with are, I think there's going to be one or two sets of of gold coins or metal coins or something that I, that I got from there for a particular game. Um, I'm not a huge fan of that necessarily. There's one or two games where some metal coins really set things off. But for me, probably the, if it's probably the best seller they have uh, as far as geek up bits go, and that's the, the quacks of Quedlinburg yep. chips. Got those. I want to say this past year, for, for Christmas. And man, I, I like the game, but I'll admit, I never thought I needed the bits. I just put them on a Christmas list in case somebody wanted to to splurge on me or something. But man, when you put those chips in that bag and you're pulling mm-hmm. that out as opposed to cardboard, when you're trying to decide on what to play, that does bump it up a level or two.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. It does. That, that's exactly what I was going to mention. Quacks of Quedlinburg, Orleans. Um, the wonderlands war did that with mm. her Kickstarter. Uh, although the quality of those is not as good as the geek up bits, they're still really, oh, okay. really good quality. Um, I, I think that I hope that that becomes more of the norm with the bag building game. I do, I would almost consider it a, 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 maybe not a necessity, but it's close because sometimes those cardboard pieces can get stuck in the bag. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't feel them in there as well. So I almost, I don't want to play Quacks or Orleans or (laughs) Wonderland's War without using those uh, those upgraded bits. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at right there. Oh, let me jump back real fast. I, I upgraded my copy of Puerto Rico years ago and it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I need to take some pictures of that. It's I'll, I'll play it um, at some point this summer and I'll try to take some pictures of that. I need to paint the ships, but I've, I did custom wooden ships. I did barrels for all the goods and painted them up and, yeah i really i really went all out on doing that so i would say my my copy whatever i did two games is is my favorite (laughs) uh let me ask one more final question because i i know we're running out of time they're going to lock the doors at the Meepletown post office but what are your favorite house rules this is from evan halbert who is the game designer who we had on the show a couple Mm. uh, months ago maybe what are your favorite house rules that make you enjoy the game even more
1: Evan, I appreciate your question and love the episode you and Dean had a few weeks ago, but I'll be honest, we don't house rule in my house. We are a no house rule zone about the only thing that we do is only one game I've ever house ruled, if you call it that. Cause I think when everybody does it, I don't think it counts as a, as a house rule. And that is with legendary Marvel. The, it is a semi co-op game. And so there's this idea that you're playing and you're winning together, but mm-hmm. whoever has accrued the most victory points is like, the the winnerest of winners the best of winners that's that's silly i i don't know of anyone that that actually plays that way we just play to win as a team but other than that we don't i'm a rules lawyer i don't want to play a game unless i can figure out the rules and try to get them right so i don't i don't house rule do you um not exactly um, by the way, I think that's an official
0: variant for Marvel Legendary, right? So that's not necessarily Is a Is official? Rule. Maybe I'm wrong about that. It's it, been a while since I've played.
1: If so, then I, I have no house rule experience then, Evan. I apologize.
0: <laughs> um, but you thought it was a house rule, so that still counts. Um, if you count like me cheating in solo games sometimes uh, as house <laughs> rules, then maybe that's the case. I will say any time a game, not any time, there are some times where games will say, Randomly draw a card, randomly draw a card, and this is going to be your starting ability or something like that. I'll usually have everyone take two and pick one or something like that, or you know, so simple things like that. That it's not really house ruling,
1: I mean, it is, it's cheating, it's house ruling, it's cheating is technically what it is, I think.
0: But, but it's a little bit different than like I have, I know people that play Kingdom Builder. By drawing two cards and playing one of those, I actually don't like that rule of of Kingdom Builder. I like the way that was originally designed. But as far as like your starting roles, I typically will, you know, just pass them out and have people choose whatever they want, even if that's not an option. But other than that, I really can't think. I'm with you. I, I prefer not to house rule. If I need to house rule to enjoy the game, unless it's a slight change, I would probably just rather not play the game. Um, part of that too, is if you got people that come over and play a game and you have house rules set up, it, it changes the dynamic of, of all of that. Um, yeah, that's just kind of where I'm at.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. Hang on. So so maybe, unless unless there's an official variant on, uh, on spicy uno, we play a a version of spicy uno that I don't know if that's official or not, but if you call those house rules, that's what we do. There's like, (laughs) None of those words that come out of your
0: mouth are I, I have no idea what you're about. You've
1: never about. played spicy Uno. No. Do you know how like card games typically and this kind of goes to what you were what you were just saying? Some card games just have regional variants. And so you don't want to change a game because if someone comes over and they play it differently, that's just weird. Like Rook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. But like card games just naturally evolve like that depending on where you are. Euchre, Rook, Spades, Hearts, uh, Uno oftentimes will have different rules based on who you're playing it with, or where you're playing it. But Try spicy, you know, uh, look it up. There, There's a few versions online. You can find some rules. It's great. It uh, spices it up a little bit, believe it or not. Does
0: it involve hot sauce, uh, spicy peppers? It does thing? not,
1: but it does involve uh, playing out of turn and slapping the table and trading hands with people okay. and and name calling.
0: Yep. Is this a speed game?
1: It's not. Well, it does add a little bit of a speed element because if someone has a card that's the exact same as the card that was just played, they can play it immediately no matter where uh, they are in the turn order, and then turn just picks up next to them. If hmm. someone plays a six, everyone has to slap a table, and the last person to slap the table has to draw two cards. You can actually stack draw twos and draw fours and those types of things. So someone can end up drawing like 16 or something along those lines. So um, okay. it spices it up. It makes it a little more interesting. If you you got to play, you know, you might as well spice it.
0: All right. Speaking of spicing things up, let's get to a review of Raw. Woo! All right, it's time to get to Ra. The old kingdom of ancient Egypt was a time period marked by prosperity and security. The kings established a strong bureaucratic system that helped to administer the vast wealth of the country. However, the kings were seen not only as political rulers in Egypt, but also as the religious leaders. The kings were actually recognized as the sons of Ra, with the primary goal of their rule being to maintain Maat. Which is the balance and harmony of life? I have no idea if I read that word right. I'm reading yeah. this directly. Is that is that how you say the word? Oh,
1: well, I was wondering if you had checked that. Uh, I wasn't positive.
0: <laughs> I probably should have. Very professional. Uh, that's, that's directly from the overview uh, on the uh, from the from the rule book, Looking this up online right now. So in raw, you're going to take on the role of the line of ancient Egypt, Egyptian kings seeking to preserve M- Mott as you rule over the vast. Kingdom. So you're going to play this game over three epochs. This is an auction game where you start off with your own little player aid that has your, your sun disc on them, which are your uh, auctioning tokens. And you are going to either, on your turn, draw from the bag. You are going to invoke Ra, or you're going to trade in one of your god tiles for one of the tiles that's out on the board. What you're trying to do, really, though, is end up with the most points at the end of the game. You're going to do this, again, by drawing a tile out of, out of the bag, which mostly that's what you're going to do on your turn. You're going to put it up on the, the main player board. The uh, I'm sure it has a name as well. You're going to put it up on the auction board if you draw a normal tile. Now, if you draw one of the raw tiles, that's going to move your little... Boat guy up the track, and if the boat guy gets to the end, then that's going to invoke raw, whether you want it to or not. It's just going to happen, and also going to—it's uh it's actually going to—it's going to end the round. It's going to give you the option to have uh, this this auction. You will have the auction, but not, any, not not everybody has to bid on that. I guess, but when it gets to the end of the track, that's going to be the end of the first, second or third epoch depending on which where you are in the game. Now, what do these tiles do, Darren? That you're getting out of the ba- out of the bag. Why would you want to take these tiles? Well, to get points. That's why you want to take them. Let me explain how those points work very briefly and then we'll we'll kind of talk about the how the auctioning works. We'll talk about that within the within the review. So, the different tiles that you can get. I mentioned the god tiles already. Those are tiles that will give you points at the end of the round. End of the game, end of the round, end of the game. I can't remember now. It's, uh, <laughs> this is not loading up very well on my on my computer. But you can use those. Uh, you, excuse me. At the end of the round, you get points for those uh, for those god tiles if you have any, or you can trade those in for other tiles that are out on the board. You've got your left side of the board and you've got your right side of the board. So basically, what this means is. At the end of each epoch, your right side of the board is going to go away. Your left side is going to stay there. So let me talk about the left side first. The monument tiles—you're going to get set collections of these for having different types and more, uh, and then multiples of the same types. You're going to get points for doing that. You are going to get points for having uh, pharaoh tiles. So whoever has the most pharaoh tiles is going to get five points, and the player with the second—excuse uh, me—with the fewer, fewest tiles is going to lose two points. You also have Nile tiles, which is fun to say. And uh, if you have at least one flood tile, you're going to score one point for each of the Nile tiles that you have available. But the flood tiles are going to go away at the end of, of every round. So that's the that's the left side of the board. The, sorry, the flood tiles are on the right side of the board. The right side of the board, you're going to have the god tiles, which I mentioned. It's going to give you two points if you don't use them, and then it goes away. You have your gold tiles, player's gonna get three points for each gold tile that they have, and then they're gonna go away. You are going to um, have civilian, uh, civilization tiles. So uh, a player that has three, four, or five different types of civilization tiles is gonna earn five, 10, 15 points, um, and you only score your, your largest set of those, and then they go away, and then they, I already mentioned the flood tiles and how they work. One point per flood tile, but also you need to flood tile to get points for your Nile tiles. And then that is it. Again, playing through three uh, epochs and then whoever has the most points at the end of the game. Now, let me briefly mention before we go in this, the auction part, which is the most important part. I mentioned the dials that you have. These sundials are going to have numbers on there. Everybody has a different number. You're going to start off with different numbers. It's all balanced out at the beginning of the game. So not only are you auctioning for the tiles, you want to get the tiles, and push your luck element is very strong in this. You also are going to be getting the sun tile that was placed there previously. So if I win this auction, my sun tile goes onto that auction board and I take the old auction tile that was on there, it might be a really low number, it might be a really high number, but you also have to balance that out and figure out which tiles do you want in the future to be able to win different auctions. And there's also disaster tiles that come out and destroy everything or different things on your board. Bada bing, bada boom. That is it. Pretty simple game. Probably could have done the explanation even faster than that. But that's that's what you get, Maple Town. <laughs> A thorough explanation of raw.
1: And my favorite well, part of all of that is just saying Nile tile.
0: Nile tile. That's Nile right. Tile. I'm going to try to say that as many times as I can. Now let's talk about the art and components of this game first. I'm going to say I have the the new 25th century deluxe version of this. You also have the 25th century
1: retail version retail version oh, okay yep, that's yep, good yep, yep. that's yes, good yes. because
0: you've played with the deluxe version mm-hmm. as well yep, yep. so let's talk about the art and components on this first i want to hear your thoughts
1: um one again the the artist for this is Ian O'Toole hmm. and we don't have to say a whole lot about that i feel like most people if you're playing some games if if you look up the art of Ian O'Toole i mean it speaks for itself the art in this game is no different it's amazing did a great job. Iconography is pretty good. The the at first, if you if you are not familiar with this kind of game, the iconography can be a bit much. It's overwhelming. Yeah, but but I taught this game to to a few of our students who had never played uh, this game before. And after the first round going to the auction, everybody was clear. It was cool. Even at the end of the game, they were saying, uh, "I really enjoyed how easily to read the the iconography was and how it explains everything on your board because it can be overwhelming." But but the art was great, the, the the iconography I thought was was great, and the components, the chunky wood bits, man, that's good stuff.
0: <laughs> it's pretty fantastic. The the uh, whatever that giant token,
1: R- raw. <laughs> when you invoke, Is that what it's called it's called the raw. Token? It's raw, yeah. When you invoke raw, it's this big hunk of wood. That's painted to look like raw, and you just pick it up and you slam it down on the table in front of you. I invoke raw, and you slam that thing like a gavel. You have to. You it's, have to.
0: It's part it is, of the deal, or at the very least, you're going to want to because of how <laughs> cool that piece is for sure.
1: It's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, but all the like you said, the iconography is. I, I agree. I think it is a little bit overwhelming at first, but then once you look at the player boards and you've underst- you understand how the game plays, it's it's really done well. It just you know, a game that's icon icon heavy, like a Seven Wonders type of game, mm-hmm. it's it's going to be a lot the first time. But I, I I'm with you. The deluxe version of this also has the you have these um, uh, scoring tokens that are value one, two, five, and ten, and they're hidden information. So on one side it's got the value, the other side it's it's not the value. Um, all those are metal and really well done. I mean, all, all the, the deluxe version of this is one of my favorite deluxified copies of game that I have. And I trust me, I've got a lot of deluxified games in my collection. This is, this yes, is sure near do. the top of my favorite of
1: production. And, and this was one that when we played it um, at first, I didn't think that I would ever want to play it without the deluxe. But when I saw how inexpensive the retail version was, I thought how how could I not pick it up? I think I picked it up for like $35 or $36 the retail version. Oh wow. Yeah. And the which is what? That's 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 a, a third of what the deluxe was going for or close to it, maybe a little more.
0: Yeah, it's $100 I think, 90 or $100 I can't yeah. remember.
1: And so the only difference is the 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 metal the metal tokens you were just talking about the the point tokens that you keep up with that are face down. Uh, those are cardboard in the retail version. But I don't mind that because like whether they're like, I forget the, the numeric values but it's like two, one, two, five, or 10, they're each a different color. Whereas if I'm not mistaken, the metal ones, they're all like silver and gold. And so I found that kind of hard to tell which token I was picking up because they kind of look alike, the twos mm-hmm. and the fives, and just because there's no color differential, at least with the cardboard, it's solid cardboard, it's good chunky cardboard, uh, and they are painted. So from a visual standpoint, it's easier to pick up. On, on the denominations, if that's if that's anything. But those metal ones and the deluxe one are, are super nice. And the only yeah. other difference in the retail and the deluxe is the you know, deluxe version, the tiles you're pulling out of the bag, that huge bag full of these ginormous wooden tiles feels so good in the deluxe to pull them out and shake them up and hear them rattle around. In the retail, obviously those are cardboard, which we mentioned earlier, like in a bag building game, that's not the most fun. Uh, they're hard to, to pull out. But in raw, again, this is good, thick, chunky cardboard that that I think is gonna last a while. I don't think they're gonna wear out. You can still rummage around in there and they're pull them out. They're not as easy to shake around like the wooden tiles are, but they're sturdy enough. You can move them around, you can shake them, and you can pull them out. So not quite as cool and neat and tactile as the the cool wooden deluxe tiles you're pulling out of the bag in the deluxe version. But uh, cardboard's not bad, not bad.
0: Yeah. And I, I I would agree with that. And in fact, what this does is it makes it very bulky. I mean, very bulky to have Mm -hmm. that many, um, you know, to have that many tiles, um, that you're putting in a bag.
1: It's hard to put back in the box too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My box has like a quarter inch lift off of it, you know?
0: Yep. Yeah, that's exactly right. I, I agree. And there's something I'm, I'm trying to figure this out right now. There's something like uh, just under 200. Maybe I'm figuring out the math wrong. I was trying to look at this. Um, 186. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Tiles that you have in there. And so with the deluxe version, it makes the box huge. The box mm-hmm. is very big, bulky, and the bag of tiles is giant. Um, in fact even to a fault because to mix all of those up and make sure you're you know getting a good mix of, of all the tiles that you're drawing out makes it a challenge, I think. And so that is a that is a drawback of the deluxe version of it, but but it's so satisfying, I think, yeah. having those on there. But I would have been completely satisfied with the with the retail version of this. But you know, I wouldn't be Dean Meepletown <laughs> if I you wouldn't be the shallow the, gamer. That's right. <laughs> that's right. If I went with the normal retail version of this. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we both like the the Arden components on this regardless. Now, if we can move on from this, I want to hear about the gameplay. No, you're
1: not done yet. No, you just one more brief thing to throw out there about the Arden okay. components. One, the rule book. One, it's a solid rule book, the way it describes yes. and lays it out. It's a good rule book. But not just that. Again, taking it to the extreme, this is retail and deluxe. This is some really nice paper. They've learned from Stonemeyer games with the cool vellum paper whatever it is that they're doing there's a linen finish on this uh the paper feels super nice and fancy when you're opening up this box whether it's retail or deluxe you know you are opening a quality cared for product so well done 25th century
0: yeah and with the with the rule book again like with um you mentioned this earlier but canencia games you know quick couple page rule book or whatever that's what this is i think the I'm looking at it online. It says it's eight pages long, but a lot of that is examples. Yes. Um, Really just the rules themselves. You could fit in one page. In fact, if you look on the, I'm assuming this is the back uh, of the rule book. I'm not looking at my copy of the game right now. It has this quick reference guide that tells you exactly what Mm -hmm. to do. So it says you can draw a tile, invoke raw or spend God tiles. Okay. If I draw a tile, then I can either add a non-raw tile to the auction track, or if it's a raw tile, I'm going to move the sunboat and, um, I'm going to discard that tile and then move the sunboat. And, and then if that happens, that if it's not the last space, you, then you you know have an auction. Mm-hmm. And if it is the last space, then you do the scoring. Like it, everything is laid out so perfectly. So you don't even need that for sure. The game is so intuitive once you know how to play it. But for your first game, just to look at that is really helpful, I think.
1: Yeah. And again, publishers, I know I've given a lot of advice to you this episode um, but there's never an excuse to, at least as far as I can think of, to not include a player aid. Okay. Bring some player raids. They make the world a better place. But at the very least, if you're not going to have one, it doesn't work out for you math wise and the cards or whatever it is that you're punching out for your components. At least like Dean said, put that quick reference on the back. And I just set this up, up against a water bottle so everybody can see it while I was teaching the game to everyone. And that made um, a huge difference. So yeah, yeah. great, great examples. Yep, I agree with that. Now, on to the gameplay. Um, I, there's a lot
0: of really cool things about this game that I like. Um, I, I I love the auction of this, uh, just in general. You know, it's a pretty simple auction. The auctions are very quick. The game is very quick itself, uh, but the auctions are, are really simple and quick. You know, you, you can look at your options of your tiles that you have on your board. Am I going to spend one of these? Um, it, the Crunchy Decisions comes in... Oh, I can win this auction, but what's behind door number two? Right, there's the push your right. luck element. Really, is what kind of pushes this game over the edge for me, because I can bid on this one, but there's a chance that something better is going to come up later on, and I want to make sure that I have this this uh, sun tile in my collection that I can spend later on. And everything's public information. I mean, all of that is public information. I can see exactly what Darren has, so I know that he can beat me in this bid, um, or I know that I can beat him right now because he only played a two and I have a five sitting here. So I can go ahead and beat him, take this. And then if something better comes up later, I won't be able to win that anyway. And so I can kind of save my, my uh, sun tiles for later um, or, you know, okay. So I, I really enjoy that part. Now, one of the things that you don't really know until you get in this game though, is you're not just auctioning for those tiles, but also for the sun token for your sun tile, which allows you to win auctions in the future, that part is really interesting and and so simple, yet can really change a game. If you go into that last round and you have all really high tiles, you're probably going to do pretty well, unless you know the, the boat moves across and ends the epoch really quickly, which is what you want to happen if you're the player who doesn't have all those really high tiles. Um, so anyway, all that is just, it's really cool. I like that.
1: Yeah, the sundials and that balance of trying to decide when to bid and what to trade your, your bidding sundial for, the one that's up there in the auction row. To me, that was a part of the game when you first taught it to me, I was thinking, I don't know if I really like that. That's <laughs> one of my most favorite parts of the game yes. right now is that decision because that will make you want to probably go ahead and, and invoke Raw and let's have the auction now, um, even though that may not be exactly the tiles that I want. Or you know, or that will also let you let it ride, depending on um, that strategic thinking about when and where am I swapping my sundials out? Uh, yeah, I, I love the the thinkiness of that of that part of the game. And you're you're mentioning the 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 auction and the, the decisions you're thinking again. Kinesia, simple rules, lots of depth. These are the types of games I'm really into right now and they don't always play well at two and, and and playing this at two isn't necessarily my favorite yeah but but it's still it's still great I, I told you that when we were playing there's something about that these kind of games at two where okay there's a few tiles out there that i might want but it's just it's not enough for what i'm about to bid on it but i know that if i pull a tile out now there's a good chance it will be exactly what he wants and so, with with less of the human interaction and playing off of other players, it feels very. It can feel very. Um, well, I don't want this, but I will out to the next tile. That's going to give Dean exactly what he wants. And so sometimes yes. that can feel not fun. Yeah. But at the same time, there's a few instances where like, oh man, I just really and trying to make that decision and and stressing over that. Uh, is also part of where the game the game sings. And so it does so well at two and four. You may not like it, that feeling, but but it does it very well.
0: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. And with all those things, I think most auction games are better at a higher player count. I'll play this at two, though, for sure. Um, yeah. I, I just think it, it, I still think it has that same, uh, similar feeling and, you know, interaction that you're going to have with each other, which is, yeah. the interaction in this is is, again, until you play the game, something you might not realize how prevalent that is in there. Because not only are you looking at the tiles that you want, you're also looking at the tiles that the other players want. And that's right. not even talking about the sun tiles like we've already mentioned. But I might look over there and look at Darren's collection of monuments that he has and think, uh-oh, here's the tile that Darren needs. I need to either, if I have a sun uh, not son. If I have a uh, God tile, is that what they're called? Yeah, if I have a God tile, I can trade that in on my turn mm-hmm. and take that just so that Darren gets it, even if I don't need it. Or I'm going to have to win this auction because otherwise Darren's going to get a ton of points at the end of the game because he's already loading up on those monuments. And so you do have to hate, uh, it's not hate draft, you have to hate, <laughs> hate auction in this yeah. a little bit just so that you can get the things that the other player wants, even if it doesn't necessarily benefit you.
1: Yeah, one of the things that I like about that tension of watching what the tiles you want and watching the tiles that your opponent wants, you're you're trying to outmaneuver each other, but at the same time, you also don't know when the round is going to come to an end because those raw tiles, those raw tiles come out, which advances the boat marker, which speeds along the end of that round. And so I know we had a moment or two, like we, we had a four-player game, playing with some of our students. We're in the very final round. Well, the very first round went super fast because like we pulled out eight raw tiles really quickly bad shuffling or whatever but that first round ended really quickly we didn't get a whole lot of things going on but by the end of the game um by by the third epoch or epoch depending on how you say it um lots of fun words to say in this game once you we were down to the third round and uh, only one of our students, Anna, was able to to bid. She was the only one that still had sun disk left, and she was waiting for one more tile to come out um, to finish off the row, which would have led her invoke raw and win the bid because she was the only one that could bid. And so all I had to do was not draw a raw tile. I drew a raw tile, and it totally ruined her plans because I'd invoked raw. She wasn't able to to get some of the things that she wanted to do. It... um. I'm sorry, I didn't draw. What was it? Well, now I can't remember. The tile I drew ended the the round. Um, ah, it moved the boat guy over to the very last spot on the track on the sun track, which mm. when that happens, you score, you don't have an auction when the boat gets to that final spot on the track. Right. And so, that ended the game. She was shooting daggers at me with her eyes. Yeah. And she would have scored huge on that last auction. Uh, but ended up coming, I think, in like third or, or last place or something because of that. So, it it has that 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 aspect kind of like in high society um, and, and some games like that where you don't know when the end of the round or end of the game is coming. Um, it's triggered by a certain mechanism, and so you're not only playing off of one another, you're also trying to do that not knowing when the game is going to end. And that added pressure really makes the the tension of this juicy and exciting. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I'm ready to move into my final thoughts. I think um, if you're if you don't have anything else, go for it. All right. Um, this this is my favorite Kenitia auction game. I'll say that. Let me just throw that out there. This might be one of my favorite, if not my favorite, auctioning game. Period. Um, now it's a little bit different. I, I think for sale is way up there for me too. Um, But it's a different feel because that's, I I, I guess they they kind of scratch different itches. But I just, I love the player interaction. I love how those sun tiles work um, for the auctioning. Not just, I'm not just auctioning these tiles, but I also want to make sure I get better numbers for my future auctions. I love the player interaction. I love so many things about this game. Now I am still, this could very well be a top 50 game, like even high on my top fifty but I still am going to hold out being like that crazy about it. I'm trying not to just like this game's a 12, you know, um, although when I think about it, I get real excited. So I'm going to, I'm at an eight and a half on this one right now. I don't imagine that's going to go lower. I imagine it's just going to go higher. The more and more I play, there's a couple other groups that I want to play this with that I haven't had a chance to yet. My brother-in-law, sister-in-law, this would be a game that I, I, that's top of the list that I want to play with them next time. And, and, and I think that they're gonna like this one, but it it might you know how when you play with certain groups it might change your your right. rating or at least the way that you feel about the game. Um, I anticipate this is gonna be a big hit with most people that I play this with. So for me big hit love this one eight and a half probably gonna go higher.
1: Gotcha. No it sounds good. that's a good good score for for the good doctor. I, I do really like this game. Some of the only things that that are keeping me from, from having a higher score of this is, of, again, I've not played all of Canizia's games. I mean, who could? There's like around 700. But from the games that I have and some of the games that I've played, this is one of the less thematic, which I think is interesting. You don't really think about theme in any of Canizia's games. But there, there's something about this that feels, at least for me, more mechanical, more mechanism, like strictly auctioning and bidding. Uh, the the setting of the game doesn't do a whole lot for me of what I'm doing and why I'm doing it like we talked about last episode uh, that really is a big part of the games that I that I enjoy so not having that uh, for me uh, makes it a little less than, than maybe where it where where it ought to be uh, I do love the the tension that we talked about the, the the another potential negative might be if you if you're not playing your tiles well auctioning them well uh, you might spend all your auction tiles too quickly, and then you're sitting there waiting and watching others continue to play, while you do nothing except draw tiles. And so, granted, get good, but it, <laughs> it, that can happen. So that might that might bring it down for somebody. But again, I, I love these types of games. Um, the 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 cleverness. The above the table, the stand up moments of of pulling that tile out, like I said, you know, ruining Anna's night was was great. It was the highlight of the evening. Uh, I mentioned earlier these types of games. You do more name calling, at least I do, in these types of games where you're you're wanting people to not take it when you're you're about to. Uh, but it is a game that I think is it's interesting, it's intriguing. You can play it with anybody. It's it's easy to pick up. Uh, the, the The tension of that auction bidding is is phenomenal. If you don't like those kinds of games, I'm not sure this will change your mind. But, and I know you said this is one of your favorite Canizias. This is not my favorite Knizia. Uh It is good, but th- there's a few others I like a little better. So um, mechanically sound, mathematically fine-tuned, uh, so much fun. It's going to get an eight for me. Um, like I said, great score. And like you said, probably will go up as well. But, but it's an eight. And it is great, loving me some raw.
0: Oh, good. I'm glad you. I'm glad you have it that high. Um, I wasn't quite sure where you were going to be at with that. So, um, good score, man. This is this is a really fun one, and I think it can appeal to a lot of people. I'm with you on the on the theme part, although kind of is what it is. Uh, this isn't exactly. a theme that really grabs me anyway. And so right. that's. I think that's probably why it wasn't really a big like high up on my list for a while. I guess.
1: There are some Egyptian-themed games that I really enjoy, like Ankh. I really enjoy games like Ankh. Uh, the deck-building game Valley of the Kings you know, has mm. has some really interesting mechanisms that feel... I, you don't feel like you're in a tomb or doing various things, but th- that has certain aspects that can at least put you there. You understand why you're doing this and why you're doing that. Um, the Just the mechanisms of this one are wonderful, but the theme doesn't help them any. Uh, yep. iconography oh, yeah. helps them <laughs> you know yeah so. even
0: even archaeology which is a card game yes. that's you know not thematic feels more thematic yep. than this for
1: praise sure. be phil walker hardy
0: that's right so that is an eight and a half for me and eight for for darren we both really enjoy raw so check this one out that sounds appealing to you at all now if you would like to get in touch with us at Mapletown, you can Go to our website, TownGames.com. Town you can also connect with us in all our social media outlets at Meepletown Games on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Look for more posts on Instagram coming up. You can also uh, connect with us on our guild, which is where you can connect with us on our Discord, which is the place that I really recommend connecting is, is on Discord. But go to our guild, 3407. You can find a link on there or just reach out to us directly. And until next time, thanks for coming down to Meeple Town. All right, Darren, last time you told me I needed to do a better job of vetting out my board game jokes. Oh, my. And so I did. I did. I doubt it. I know a friend who keeps stealing board games. He's such a risk taker.
1: Wow. Telling him that joke was a risk.
0: (laughs) You know what's funny is I'm looking at the list of board game jokes. 99% of them are, are the same thing. Like that... That joke is told in like 17 different variations, wow. the, the risk taker one. That's terrible. Or I have no clue. You know, somebody took my games. Uh, I have no gotcha. clue. Those,
1: yeah, there's a lot of those. You know, those jokes are much like some of the idols and artifacts in Indiana Jones. They belong in a museum.